Welcome to The Word Podcast. I'm Seth Williams. And I'm Brendan Ward. And we're here to discuss all things local real estate, legal, title, market, and really anything else we can come up with. So stick with us on this journey as we talk about The Word. Well, Leanne, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Leanne. On The Word Podcast. We met a year ago in IRL, in real life, Mm -hmm. at 299 Maverick, Mm -hmm. if you recall. Yeah. And other than that, we have been Bigger Pockets friends Mm -hmm. for a very long time. What's Bigger Pockets? Oh, if you don't know, now you know. know. We're going to let Leanne answer that after she introduces herself and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Leanne Bong, founder of the L Group. Um, help investors in the greater Boston area and buy and sell some properties. Um, Bigger Pockets, to answer your question, is a, a forum online on the World Wide Web. www. Okay. Yeah. Biggerpockets.com. Yeah. Okay. But it's it's the forum. Um, you just talk about like investing. There's like a lot of different just chatter. Like you can go like super like local and like talk about Boston market. You can go, you know, obviously national, international. People talk about investing in a lot of different ways, financing, anything you want to chit chat about. I used to troll BP mm-hmm. for us bigger pockets users. That's what we call it. BP. Um, I used to troll it a lot and answer people's questions and stuff. And then I became busy in my real life and stopped doing it. I'm but, still yeah. not that busy. So I still answer. But yeah, it's a good site. It's a lot of, it's honestly how I learned a lot about uh, investing early on. So the BG, you met Seth on the BG. Dude, BP. Dude. BP. Yeah. Which what is, is BG? I don't know. So talk to us a little bit about maybe how you got started in real estate. I think that'd be a cool story. We always like to ask peeps mm-hmm. about their real estate journey. And then I'd love to hear a little bit more about your investing career. Um, so my career in real estate like agency started probably around like 19. Um, so I got licensed and like, you know, I remember sitting in like the, the classroom, you know, you do the 40 hours and you're like, were they teaching nothing? Nothing. It was, um, it was the, the Weikert school in Somerville on Broadway. Yeah, I think yeah. he's been around for a long time. Um, so sitting there and like, he's talking about deals and I'm like, quite literally, how am I going to get a client? Like who is going to trust me to, to do any of this? Right. And I just started kind of brainstorming, like, what do I know? Right. And like by that time, my family and I had already owned some investment real estate. So I was like, okay, so I can like speak about this. Um, You know, I obviously know nice houses, but I don't know anything about a house like the the actual physical features. Um, So I I just kind of went that path and my personality and kind of like, you know, my thought process really kind of lent itself to servicing clients in that specific niche category. Um, So Niche. (laughs) niche. Niche. No, ESL English as a second language. No, you can, it, you're technically right. I, it's an. It could, it could go either way. We've had many a debate over niche versus niche. I don't. You guys need a hobby. If yeah, you've... this is it. You're yeah, looking this at is it. our hobby. We actually yeah. debate yeah. niche versus niche during the podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and we recently, actively look it up. And recently, we learned you can actually say it either way. It's completely fine. It's but like tomato and tomato. Or either. Oh, jeez. Both. Hmm. Both. I say either. either. It depends on the context. That aunt, aunt. Mm, no, there's only one no, right answer right. to that it's, one. It's aunt. It's aunt. All right. All right. Yeah. So started with Cameron Real Estate. Um, I was there for about two years. I like really learned so much there because everybody knows like Tom That's Caparella. That's in a, a W, right? Yeah. One of the W's. Yeah, one like, of the W's. One of the W's, yeah. Pretty it's all, That W is on the come up. Oh, okay. Wakefield. Oh, I think it's up. So Tom Caffarella was a great broker. He like taught me so much because like there was just like obviously certain gaps in, in my knowledge of uh, investing and um and he shared a lot of information with me mentored me um and then now i'm with um to repay him i left um (laughs) how does that go like i appreciate you so much adios it's not me it's you Uh, oh no (laughs) no it it really is at a certain time you do feel like you outgrow certain relationships Mm -hmm. and um become too comfortable yeah like frankly i was like number one agent pretty quickly like in 18 months and Mm -hmm. like I I didn't really want that right like you want to be kind of like you know like looking for more Mm -hmm. looking up um and so that's why I just wanted a shift into like a larger brand which is uh, Berkshire Hathaway and hang out with uh, Uncle Warren Buffett how did you pick that brokerage out of all of the brokerages that are out there so I interviewed with Leading Edge Compass um Berkshire I think I like 
Um, obviously KW is always an option. Um, but I, I, I got the gist of KW. Um, I landed yeah. with, um, Berkshire mostly because of my relationship with one of the owners, mm-hmm. uh, one of the founders who, um, I consider a close friend and like definitely a mentor. Um, so I felt like I was going to be able to like really strengthen that relationship. Um, he was an investor and like, you know, for an owner of like 30 plus offices and like, you know, all those things, um, I can almost always call him. And that access was really important to me. So now uh, I've been with Berkshire for like two plus years. I have my team. Um, and the, L group. Pretty, the L group. The L group. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and where did you come up yeah. with that? Yeah. So I started that name because first two members were myself and my um, team member, Lee Diver. So we like had L. Mm-hmm. And then I really wanted to be able to have a team that like, I didn't know how necessarily to execute it, but to be able to like attract female investors if I could. Mm-hmm. And Elle was like, obviously like it was female, it was women, is French, but he didn't alienate like literally my entire clientele, which is all men. Yeah. Right. Um, I did it, I think in a softer way. And so L group was like very natural. I love that. It's smart that you thought about that. Yeah. yeah. So, so talk to us a little bit about, so you got into 2019, saw mm-hmm. some pretty quick success, great market, mm-hmm. market shifted a lot. Right. right. So talk to us maybe a little bit about uh, experiencing a shifting market right now. I mean, the market's just so much different than it was even, geez, six months ago, nine months ago, a year ago, right? Right. And I think specifically when you think about investments, deals pencil out much differently now, right, with uh, different rates. And so Mm -hmm. just talk to us a little bit about that. Kind of what's been your perception of a shifting market and maybe how that relates specifically to investments? Yeah, I think like definitely deals are def- super hard to pencil now just because rates are double, like literally just cost of money change. Mm-hmm. Um, even for myself, when I underwrite, I'm like, God, I'm this it's better, brutal, man. this better freaking appreciate because that's all we got right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with we used to like, you know, have the talk track of like increase like rental rates. Oh, no, rents are going to go up, but it's, it's more or, or less stabilized down. now, too. So like, you know, whatever you had that before is gone, has mm-hmm. dissipated. From my experience of the market, I definitely saw a drop off in buyer. I represent quite a bit of buyers probably six to eight months ago. Like there was definitely a drop off people uh, who were able to afford X and, you know, now is Y. So they're like, well, I don't want to buy Y. Okay. Then they, they rent and they make a different decision. Um, and then people who are really kind of 50, 50 anyways, they found that to be a reason to leave. But what I've noticed, like certainly in, in past few weeks is like, while there's a smaller amount of buyers, there's so few inventory yeah. that like, you know, people still have to buy. Like, like that's just what it is. The decisions need to be made for their homes. Mm-hmm. Um, so transactions are still happening. I was at, um, I, I placed three bids this weekend, all multiple offers. Um, you know, I, I ranked top five in one of them and I was at 8% over asking. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. You know, so that kind of activity is still there. On a multi? On a multi. And where was that? That was in Worcester. Okay. Yeah. So lower price point. Yeah, lower price point. Lower price point. So this is one of the oh, discussions. what's lower now? Like 800? Like still, still like five, six, 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 yeah, Worcester's six, super yeah. expensive okay. now in comparison mm-hmm. to what it was a couple years ago. But it, but what would that same multi in Winthrop be? million bucks. Oh, yeah, right. million. Easy. Right. So like if you're, if you got a $600,000 budget and you want a three family, like you're not going to Winthrop, you're going to Worcester. You can't the thing is, they, they don't, they were okay maybe staying in Boston. That yeah. was their goal, but they can't now. Right. So they, they have to migrate and yeah. that w- that's what about part Lynn? of the drop off too. Lynn's too expensive already. Oh. Lynn's, Lynn's big tickets. Yeah. Lynn has like Everett Chelsea prices, which is Boston, but doesn't have the rents. Like it's, you know, like I said, I've, I've tried to push it's people. It's kind of weird, isn't it? I don't, I don't see it being supported. You know, I think everyone's it's trying there. I it's think if there. you're like an out of state investor or new to the area and you look at the train, the water and you track the proximity to the city and then you look at maybe, I don't know how big of a city it is. Like it's, it can be attractive. Right. But I think like I've, I've shared this before, like the first three decker I bought was in downtown Lynn for 360 grand. Right. You know, and the rents have not, that was seven or eight years ago, whatever it was, the rents have gone up. Right. They haven't gone up enough to warrant a double or two, two and a half X right. list price on that right. property. That same property, which I sold kind of foolishly, but I bought, but I bought a three family in, in Winthrop with it, had, I think it's resold four or five times, most recently in the 700s. Oh my God, you've watched your same house resold. 
three or four that, times. That's a weird, like, I, I, I don't sell a lot of my assets, but that must be kind of a weird feeling. Yeah, it was, um, I was really pissed at first when it sold for like a lot, like it sold <laughs> for like six, I was like, you know, yeah. I, I screwed this up. But right. at the end of the day, <clears throat> because I traded into a different three family, that was right. better for me. Uh, you know, better quality asset, better quality tenant. It all worked yeah. out at the end of the day. So, so remind me, like you bought it for in the threes, and then how much did you sell it for? So I only held it for like legit fourteen months. Okay, quick. so it was like I wasn't an agent when I bought it. Okay, so I was just like I read a book on investing. I was like, whatever, right. this one pencils out. I I underwrote it like with BP's calculator. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Figured out no spreadsheets. Like yeah, that's the website. That's the W. That's w- the w- in, w- that's w- the internet. Yeah, just yeah. I paid three sixty for it. I actually bought it with a friend. Mm-hmm. You know, low money down. Used FHA. Was going to yeah. owner occupy it. Hated the area. Never mm-hmm. owner occupied it. Right. Um. Leased it up and we sold it for like four twenty five. Okay, so this is perfect. Um, like fourteen months later, right? We went through like every possible crazy tenant story that you <laughs> can think of. Like it was like boot camp for investing, right? And a lot of that, quite frankly, was inexperience, right? right. Uh, bad vetting, mm-hmm. um, desperate for the money to just fill it, the unit, and put 100%. cash back on bug. You know, like the amount. Every time I've done that, it burns you. You know what I mean? And you you just can't do that shit anymore. So. I had got my license in the meantime and I was just tracking the market. I was like, I think we could sell this thing for like four and a quarter. Right. Hey, you take your proceeds, go buy what you want. I'm going to go buy my own three family. Like I'm, I'm not as green as I used to be. And so I sold that for, I think it was like 420 or something like that, 425. And I bought a three family in winter for 540. The one that's under contract. Right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, she's good. Selling it again. The large amount of like, assets I've, I've owned, um, I've purchased in the last five years. And so I haven't had too many like liquidation events. My mom actually like, so that's, that's how I'm like really involved in, in the real estate investing. She sells like probably every 18 months, 24 months. She, like she sells pretty quickly. So Go how did her. mom get into real estate investing? This is a little bit of a wild story. Uh, we she love got, a wild story. She got radicalized by YouTube. Oh. Um, no, quite seriously. Like, yeah. you know, like, so my mom's been an entrepreneur, like her whole life, like we're from Vietnam and like, she she's had to like reinvent herself so many different ways. Um, so when she came here, we were in the nail salon business. And when we started like just literally making money and finally having a little bit of a nest egg, she was just like on YouTube, like looking for do? like, how do I, like, how do you invest? Like, you know, and then we went on a whole run of trying to invest in hotels and we like learned what a cap rate was yeah and like you know i was probably like 17 to 20 at that time that timeline work at the front desk oh 100 i was what a, hotels like by the oh no hour, no we never the, ended at, the, up, at the nail salon at the nail salon we never purchased a hotel but oh like but we you had, you you went down the rabbit hole thinking you would yeah because okay. it was an asset class like yeah, we yeah. didn't understand it but yeah. we're like okay so there's that probably good you didn't do that i don't know the thing is it's you never know your future. Nope. True. You know? And we never know what the market's going to do. Right. I mean, it's is Airbnb that different than hotel? It? It's, it's a it's a smaller hotel. Quote, yeah. You know? So then um, she, she stumbled on like Grant Cardone. This was mm. when Grant Cardone was on the come up because this was like um, round 11, like 2011, you know? So he has he's not the person he is today. Uh, and then she, she learned a bunch of stuff. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to do it. With the nail salon money. With the nail salon money. Yeah, so that's yeah. how I got started in real estate investing. That's like kind of how like I have. We were the talking about something really good before that. We were talking yeah. about mom's then, investing. All right, but why were we talking about mom's investing? Um, this is what happened. We ended up hotels, chick- cap rates. Yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. how we that's how we learned about um, investing through Grant but, Cardone and YouTube. Right. Yeah, we got radicalized. Yeah. Like, how did I learn about investing? Yeah, that was that was the answer. Yeah. And we talked. We got this from Pleasant Street from selling pieces yeah. of pro- property because mom doesn't sell. She property. holds things mom for fourteen months. Right. That, S- say that, that again. This is a the This is the podcast. We're on unwi- We're unwinding how we got we're here. We're talking about Lynn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're talking about my property, yeah. Pleasant Street. You said under agreement. You mm-hmm. started talking about mom. How mom flips. You hold. Yeah, yeah, I hold. But um, so, so now, back. no, that's good. <laughs> Thank Someone's you. paying attention. I'm trying. I'm trying. So no we'll lazy this assets. So like. For the first time, like I'm really evaluating what like 23 looks like. Yeah. Because I have a very specific goal. By the time I'm 35, I want two million dollars of gross rental income. Okay. I'm putting it out there for that's, the universe. Yeah. That's Yo, crazy, that's man. that's not a small check. Yeah. And um, yeah, we got to get there. Yeah. So no lazy assets. You're thinking about trading up. Yeah, trading up. Um, 
because of my goal. And like, I understand like that's, that's a very, you know, that's a, that's lofty goal. That's a cool goal. Yeah. But like, honestly, my goal originally was 1 million. And quite frankly, I knew I was going to hit it, you know? Yeah. That's and awesome. So, so let's, let's go to a million. Yeah. Why know? do you 10 exit? Oh, Cause it's like ridiculous. Is, Is it, it though? Because it? what worst case scenario you end up, what a four mil. Yeah. Yeah. Shit's on sale. Yeah. Not really. No, not really well, no. maybe. Okay. Um, so, uh, at any rate, so like, you know, knowing, you know, beginning with the end in mind, knowing mm-hmm. that like, I want to be at 2 million by the time I'm 35, I'm just trying to understand like what my, my portfolio looks like. What are lazy assets that I can trade up and like buy a larger building? Mm-hmm. I love this. Keep going. So and how are you evaluating that with a, with a spreadsheet? Oh, Big spreadsheet, girl. Big, yeah. And my spreadsheet says "Road to Two Million. You like oh, that? Oh, I love it. Is you that like the that? file name? A hundred percent. It's yeah. on my drive. I love it. Yep. So, so "Road to Two Do you million. have it in like pink and, and like Do flashing? Do I look like I have it in pink? I don't know. I'm just asking. No, it's in black, black. like my soul. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like my Dior saddlebag. <laughs> I love okay? it. Um, no, but so like carbon you know, it, black or like shiny black? Matte. Matte. Matte black. Yeah, I love understated. It. Yeah. So um, evaluating that right now, I just purchased a, um, a six family in Webster um, in November. And like, I just like saw like how well it did just because of scale. Like, you know, you have six units. It's like, you know, really nice and easy. And so, um, I mean, I, I was able to like increase, you know, it's going to take a, like another 30 days, but like pretty much by the end of 30 days, I'll increase the rents. 20%, which is major. Mm-hmm. And what I am able to do with all these assets is because they're commercial property, I'm able to do cash out refi because they're um, DSCR loans, right? Yeah. Like debt service coverage ratio. Mm-hmm. I just, just do. Uh, you just uh, keep bumping up. The I rents. just keep bumping. Yeah. That property, for example, had six submetered um, water um, awesome. meters that, you know, I can charge back to the tenant that the previous owner did not take advantage of. So I'm, oh, really? I, yeah, so so I'm going to do that. What's the roof look like? Everything's brand new and got renovated three years ago. Nice. So. Can you put solar on it? We're going to talk about that. Yeah. I'm so oh, glad. my God. Vivint. So, Vivint. No, no, guy no, over here. no. I've, uh, Scared for my it, life. It's funny. No. I was going to go to solar. Yeah. But I was like, oh, we have solar coming up soon. So yeah. I was going to save it. Oh. But we're gonna, we'll go into it a little bit. Um, can you break down? Do you mind breaking down that yeah. deal for us? Okay. Yeah. yeah let's do it. So um, 840 is the purchase price. Um, so 25% down rate was 5.75. It's a pretty good rate. Yeah. Yeah. For a commercial loan. Uh, yeah. Workers credit, no prepay. Uh, penalty. Wow. Oh, that's the second time I've heard of workers credit. Yeah. Um, she so, uh, what, it, like, I think it's around 200 K of down payment, you know, plus or minus. Yeah. I got 185 of that from a cash out refi of another property. So this one is free, honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we love free, honey. Free. I do love me a free piece of property. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. How could so, you say no? And the other tenants are paying for it. That's it, right. It's just, you know, <laughs> the math works every day. Yeah. So, you know, I, I close on that. Um, at time of closing my Rent was roughly, you know, 8300 plus or minus, um, obviously paying for water. Um, I hired, it's a great rent roll. It, it's still a very strong rent roll. Like, it, I knew it penciled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost 1% rule. Yeah. Might as well be. Well, no, it is it's 1% more than 1%. because that's monthly yeah. and 1% yeah. rule is on annual. Yeah. Because that's 96. I always do it on... Uh, monthly? Yeah. Oh, that's way harder. But if but you know... But it's way better. So, so, for instance, you know... 8300 at an 840 purchase price. Like, I just know it works. Yeah, yeah like like quick math. You know it works. And have you bumped the rents up? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm always doing the bumps. Yeah. So $9,600. <laughs> they got to pay for the water. Yeah. Not my freaking problem. Mm-mm. Mm-mm, honey. Mm-mm. So, you know, management's already in place. Yeah. Number one rule, hire management. Do not manage it yourself. Really? So do you go to local managers or do you have like one management company that does all your properties? I'm a little monogamous. Yeah. Um, so it's a good uh, yeah, thing. It, it's a good and a bad thing. You know, I'm too loyal. Yeah. Um, no, but like my, my man, Dan, yeah. um, uh, he owns uh, Infante property management. So shout out to him, union street in Framingham. Um, he manages all my properties, all my long terms. Yeah. Um, and but even, I thought you only did long term. No, I do short term too. That's oh. a little teaser for later. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. <sighs> Um, so even on properties that he would not normally manage, but because we obviously have a, a relationship, he's willing to do that for me. Like Webster. 
Lake Webster. That's Which isn't not... one of the W's you were talking about earlier. No. Dude's no. in Framingham. It's not that far. No. And like I, he knows the products I give him, which yeah. are like great, great assets yeah, yeah, yeah. to have. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I, I, I screen it. But pretty much, I don't even do final walkthrough. Like, like I, I called Dan once. I'm like, you know, got the loan commitment. Hey, like, we're good to go. And um, I just give him the keys. He does everything. Does he and do he, the renters too? Yeah, he, he'll, he'll lease it up. Yeah. Um, and like, for me, like, if I had to do it, you know, if I had to do the rent increases, like, I'm Time. not going to do it. Time. I'm just not going to do it. But I have no problem getting on a Zoom with Dan once a month. I mean, like, <laughs> did you him. do that? Yeah, yeah. That's smart. Smart call. Love that. You know? So can you just walk us through how many units do you own now? Do you? Um, I am at 24. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's very good. And does that include or not include short term? Inclusive of short term. And so you have always delegated management? Um, my first three family, um, I guess like my very, very first was like in 2015 and I did not um, hire then. I then got another, then I sold that very quickly. You know, it was just, it was like kind of your land property. You just kind of had your first one you learned. And then my first real one is what I consider. In 19, I tried to self-manage for two months, thinking I'm a different person now. I can self-manage. I wouldn't even drive there to collect the rent. Like, the checks were sitting in the box. And I was like, <laughs> you know, like, like you couldn't yeah, yeah. be bothered. Yeah. Um, and so month three, I hired Dan, and we called that a day. Did you know him before? No, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I just Googled him. And, like, you know, you kind of do a, a little bit diligence, of yeah. Yeah. A vetting. And it was a it was a great match. Um, he's a professional management company, and not just like kind of like a run by night kind of thing. His staff, uh, and I've I really enjoyed like our our trust and level of communication. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and he's empowered me, frankly. And this is my last spiel about Dan, but to be able to buy more property. Yeah, that's cool. Because the second I buy it, like I call Dan, and like I don't worry. Like I think even if you are willing to admit it or not. By self-managing, you stop yourself because you're like, well, I, there's no way I can do another three units. I don't have time. Yeah. But Dan has a lot of time. Yeah. Or he'll that. find the time. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I have a love-hate relationship with any property manager. I've just never found a good one. I got to be right. honest with you. So right. there was no time where my portfolio ran worse than when it was with a property manager. And so unfortunately, I took it back. But right. I But I agree with everything you just said. There's deferred maintenance that I don't undertake. There's... Uh, rent rolls, you know, you get, you get, um, these relationships with tenants and like, oh, they were a great tenant. They've been easy. They never really ping me. So you hook them up. The reality is, you know, everyone should get their money right at the end of the day rents. And, and, and we talked a lot, a lot about like rent control. You could end up if rent control becomes a thing in a significantly worse and devalued portfolio position, unless you just do what's right and raise the rent to market. You know what I mean? So that's cool. So let's pivot. How do you feel about rent control? Uh, I don't think that is servicing the community. Why? I think that's our opinion as well. That's my opinion. Yeah. Um, because I think like with anything, even like, okay, for example, of like in, in New York when they did um, like landlords couldn't charge or no landlord had to absorb the cost of the broker fee, right? Ultimately, any sort of like quote taxes on that, those fees always gets transferred to the consumer no matter what. Sure. And it makes it more, more expensive. It's more expensive. Like, you know, I remember dining in San Francisco, like, you know, there are these, um, kind of laws in terms of how like you're supposed to treat like staff and like employees. So there were like basically health, um, benefits, et cetera, you're supposed to buy. And then suddenly all my checks were three to 5%, you know, surcharge. Who do you think paid for that? The same voters that thought that they needed to give that to the community. Yeah. I, I, that drives me insane when I'm at a restaurant and they're like, we have this back of the house service fee. It's not my problem to pay your employees. <laughs> Just raise the price. Right. Like if you're a bad employer mm-hmm. and you don't have enough money in your budget to pay your employees, don't add 3% on the bill plus the alcohol to pay your employees. Oh my God. Margin pay them that a living wage. Right. And true. I feel the same about rent control. I'm not it's a not fan. Gonna sol- it's not going to solve not the problem. Not a fan. No, no, it's not. Yeah, but, uh, you know, because I have that Excel, because I, I, you know, I have property management and obviously I do short term that has its own management, like someone has ownership of that. So I just look at my Excel. I look at like, you know, as is because I have an as is column and pro forma, which, you know, because rental uh, dates change all the time. Like I, I want to see the projections and he's going to be able to see that through. That's dope. Let me ask you a question. So you said was a no lazy assets. Mm -hmm. Tell us what that means. No lazy assets. Uh, I got to give Brandon Turner um, credit for that because, uh, you know, it's just swiping through 
Um, and it's basically underperforming assets. Like I have two to three buildings that I have a lot of equity in, you know, I bought it right. Great rate. You know, you're like just so obsessed with these rates. Um, but like, I mean, I have a, a Stag- stagnant cash. Yeah. Like, like it would take me forever to be able to get that cash flow. And so I know that like one of my buildings, um, I bought for like mid fives. I know tomorrow I could sell it for mid sevens. Right. So that's like 200 K that's mm-hmm. sitting there. It would take me a million years to, to be able that. to like get 200 K of cash flow. You know, so like my, my idea is to be able to like, you know, take that out and move it into a commercial building, you know, gives me a purchasing power, roughly a million dollars, you know, then I could do that Webster thing, increase all the rents and then like rinse and repeat, rinse and take repeat. Take your cash mm-hmm. right back out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So get, so where are you looking for that? Um, in terms of my identifying the next yeah. one, uh, unfortunately, you know, purchase price in, in Boston is so high. So yeah. like it for a commercial, which I'm like very Stupid. fixated on. Um, it's going to land me in like the, you know, secondary tertiary markets. So I don't frankly want to go to New Hampshire. I just didn't have a positive oh, um, interesting. landlording experience there. Yeah. Did you own multis in New Hampshire? Yeah, we own like five buildings in Manchester. Okay. T- tell me more. Um, I mean, that was like in anywhere from like year 2012 to like 15, you know, yeah. something like yeah. that. T- tough community. Yeah, it was a tougher community. I mean, we were new landlords, you know, so we bought in, in, you know, and you're not supposed to really, you know, quote red line, but this is my experience, right? Like we bought in the tree streets, like spruce. Yeah. You got to stay out of the tree streets. I told you that. You did tell me that. Yeah. Like, like little. Aborn or whatever. Maple. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like tree streets, like you're not supposed to touch, but like we bought that. Exactly. Um, And, you know, and so we had a tougher time and and it just leaves you with like a bad taste in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't, it wasn't positive. So Manchester's out. Well, you know what it is? It's like, if you're going to purchase an expensive asset like that, I think that's a great example of something you really have to be arm's length through a property manager because the reality is the, that's why I, I got out of land into Winthrop. Mm-hmm. The, the, even though there's such close communities, the mm-hmm. quality of tenant right. in Winthrop, they want granite countertops, nice kitchens. They're commuting right. to the city. You know, nothing against Lynn. I grew up there, but at the end of the day, it's just a different tenant class. Right. And when you're looking in Manchester, it's, it's worse than that, unfortunately. And right. it's all just driven on cost of living. Yeah. And those apartments have lower rents and you right. just deal with different stuff clientele. that quite frankly, like we don't like to deal with. And yeah, right. it's a different clientele you're dealing with. I hate to be so stereotypical, but like you're dealing with. These are just our experiences. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, it's just. It's, so it's, you looking in like there. a Fitchburg. I've heard a lot of people talking about Fitchburg um, lately. Fitchburg, like, you know, tenant class is also, you know, nothing like Manchester. to write home about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they're definitely like gig workers. Um, there's definitely, you know, so Webster, five out of six units are actually sh- Section 8. My thought on like, if you're going to kind of go on the lower tenant class is yeah. get paid. Yeah. You know what? If I'm going to have to deal with bullshit, if Dan has to pay deal with bullshit, then like, let's get him paid and get him paid top dollar. Yeah. You know, so like, you know, there's that kind of like marriage, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with, I agree with all that. So lazy asset, qu- quick story. I was, I bought the first property. It was only 360 grand and I bought it with a, with somebody. Mm-hmm. I think I put out of pocket like seven grand. Yeah. That was a lot of money back then. Dude, it was <laughs> back in the day. Right. So, um, I actually think I took a loan out of my 401k cause I didn't have any money. Yeah. I mean, that can't even get you Chanel. <laughs> so I, not the ones his wife wants par- par- partnered. Right. We, we bought that, sold it. I think I walked with like 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were rich. Dude, I was killing it. You were rich. Did you go to Encore? No, I went right into Pleasant oh, yeah. Street. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I put it into Pleasant Street. We own a rock there. We lived for free and made money. Uh, mm-hmm. The other two units, right? 3%. That's called hacking. House hacking. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. I learned Hashtag. that. I learned that here. Mm-hmm. So from there, we got married. I pulled a HELOC on the house, paid for the wedding, right? Mm-hmm. Eventually, a year later, um, was saving a ton of money, was able to buy another three family because we had no living expenses. Right. And I got that deal seller financed, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. which was hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, cash out refied, took out some money, ended up buying our single family primary residence. Two years ago when we cash out refied again, mm-hmm. okay, pulled out some more money. I have no idea what I did with that, but I did something with it that was productive. Mm-hmm. And Let's hope. Right, yeah. so. Time will tell. Took s- essentially seven grand put it in that property, paid for an expensive wedding, cash out refied it twice, probably pulled out 
over $100,000 in both cash or refis total. Right. Over the life of that property, as I've owned it, it's created in the last seven or eight years over $200,000 in free cash flow. Right. Right. Above and beyond the mortgage. And I'll still walk with a significant amount of money from the sale. Right. I've pulled almost uh, like 900 or a million dollars out of that property. Oh, by the way, it's my laziest asset. It's my most weathered. It's capped out in terms of upside. Yeah, like, you know, absolutely like for it's, you. It's just time to put it into something else. Okay, but your goal is to, to attend 31. The, it is one of the primary goals. It might not happen, to be honest with you. I might okay. just take the cash. Okay. I do cost segregations on all my properties. Can we talk about that? Yeah, yeah. tell us more about those um, cost I'm, segregations. I'm like, you know, what is Leanne like very passionate about? Relationships? Cash flow, saving tax, saving and, taxes. and uh, reducing her tax liability. Pretty so who, much. So who does that for you? So Yona Vice, uh, W E I S S, um, and then I've also have used my CPA, which like you know I'm sure they, it's some sort of referral, and they fold that into. Yeah. Um. So I do cost segregation study on all my assets. I do at least like two a year. I mean, I I buy two to four properties a year. You know, I just kind of figure out which one's gonna be the best. Um. And that reduces my tax liability because I'm a real estate professional. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, and this is like very kind of high level explanation, but it's basically a bonus depreciation on your asset. Accelerated. Mm-hmm. Accelerated. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, you know, and, and as a real estate professional, okay, so let's go super basic. Yeah. You know, tomorrow if you bought a house, it's residential home, you can depreciate the asset, not the land, mm-hmm. 27 and a half years, you just divide it. Yeah. Right. When you do a cost segregation study, they, they itemize everything in the home. So then you're able to uh, further depreciate the asset. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rule of thumb is, is basically 20 to 30% of your purchase price. A million is, you know, roughly two to 300K, whatever. What's like for me, like the, the very special aspect of that is because I'm a reps, real estate uh, professional, um, I get to really deduct that from my taxes instead of, you know, just a W-2 person that's uh, investing it, um, that stays in their Schedule E, mm-hmm. which gets carried year after year, which yeah. is still good, yeah. but is not as good yeah. as mine. Right. I'm better. Of, obviously. <laughs> yeah, we're, so, cer- we're certainly not going to get into Seth's tax life right now, but um, I think I might be better suited actually taking it mm-hmm. right now, believe it or yeah. not, which is a very long off the podcast story. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've just personally, bur- I purchased far too, I personally uh, over leveraged myself last year, transparently, mm-hmm. bought way too much commercial property. Mm-hmm. Um, Whoopsie. Yeah, and like I just don't like um, two things, the, my personal cash, cash position, transparently, yeah. mm-hmm. um, trying to run a business. Right. The cash means more to me in my company right. than it does um, 1031 and I want to talk cost seg. Yeah, the cost seg. Sure. So, so what do you just hire like an accounting firm to come in and? Weiss. and yeah, yeah, no, it has to be a cost segregation firm. They do a study. Yeah, yeah, it's a, technically a study, and they have to be engineers. What the fuck are they studying? Do like they your stove. To the, they go to the property. Yeah, and, and, and what like inventory? It? Yes, literally. And then price each piece of inventory exactly, and, and they Got depreciate it. it at a faster rate. Yeah, 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 I get that part. So I, I just wanted to know, like, what nerd showing up, like looking at all your stoves? It's definitely a nerd. They, yeah. They're definitely wearing glasses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wear glasses. Yeah. Well, are you not a nerd? I'm a. Well, I mean. I don't think I am, but maybe other people do. Len, do you have do you uh, wear glasses? I have perfect vision. <laughs> like like everything Thanks else about you, yeah, just perfect. I Perfection. have uh, better yeah. than twenty twenty five, uh, twenty yeah. better than twenty twenty vision. Yeah, with my contacts. So. <laughs> Lol. Mm-hmm. Um, so but yeah, somebody. So somebody also like will show up and do that, and and as of late, a lot of people will do Matterport. Yeah. You know, and so they like they're able to kind of scan everything because uh, mm-hmm. you're able to like walk and like kind of really take a look at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so um, do you mind sharing uh, what that would cost for a property? I think you just dropped some formula, but I missed it. Um, that I what the formula I dropped was like the percentage of savings. Yeah. Uh, the cost is anywhere from like three to five thousand. Uh, transparently, none of my assets are really above a million, and so I, I try to do the five hundred to a million, mm-hmm. and so it's not a very reasonable rate. Yeah. Because you're saving, like me Save personally, yeah, you're saving you so much money. It's yeah. a well, it's no a value. Brainer. It's a value play, right? On, like on, it's not the on cost s- on something like the 
Webster. Mm-hmm. Webster. Webster. Six six unit. Mm-hmm. Directionally, what would that yield you hypothetically in a cost seg uh, tax savings? I think it, we landed on like 240K was like what I saved. And then I was able to take like a large chunk of it year one. Wow. So that's that's a fatty. <laughs> yeah, Dude, I need, to, fatty. I need to be doing cost seg. I'm like, yeah, I'm, you do. I'm obsessed with it. It's not how much you make. Fuck. It's how much you save. Dude, like, that's crazy. Yeah. I bought a, so I've recently been buying commercial property mm-hmm. and really which in, depreciates 39 years interesting which i have been taking i don't know if i should say all this publicly <laughs> um i've been kind of like uh sor- sourcing deals usually on the mls okay st- stagnant listings yep or stuff that uh, no you can say Webster. all this i can yeah you just thought it through it Okay. Uh, I, I think I know where you're headed and I don't think anything's bad. So essentially what I've been trying to work on is finding good deals. I think that yeah. you, you're uh, yeah. finding good deals of stuff that's mismarketed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's finding uh, a good deal. Really yeah. um, doing your job. You yeah. Know, unleased revenue. Mm-hmm. The revenue sucks. Yeah. Bumping. Right. You're like, like Leanne, you're, you're bumping bumping I'm buying on paper, like a toxic asset, mm-hmm. right? You know, buy something that's completely un- unleased. Mm-hmm. Um, misrepresented the potential what market rate rents can be right unaware more like a lot of the times residential brokers right. masquerading as commercial brokers right. 100%. and i just come in with the math get the, get a good deal yeah and, and i go right i release it i clean it up mm-hmm. and uh cash or refi that's called smart i mean that's that's yeah. not too different than what i do yeah. i don't do it on commercial spaces but the asset you is can. commercial yeah you know it's just not like what what i'm into yeah. Like residential for me, the way that I think about it, there's just more consumers. So like my like absorption rate is just so much faster. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's talk about your short term stuff. Okay. The shoddies. The shoddies. Let's How talk about your shoddies. Um, we have five and we're launching a six. And where are they? Snap. Oh, snap. Um, so the brand is stay at our house. H-A-U-S Hauls. Oh, very Austrian. Are yeah. they ski places? Uh, no, the, oh, we just, that just, would be better. Some, some are. of them, some of oh, them are really so where three are uh, in the Berkshires. I mean, they're not people like ski in the Berkshires, Berkshire East, Berkshire East. So we talked about Sorry. Florida. So we don't have the Airbnb in the South anymore. Everything's up here. Yeah. And we still have property in, in the South, but yeah, like that's, um, that's not Airbnb. Everything's up here now. Um, I am, you know, my 23 goals are to definitely purchase, um, at least three, I'm already under contract for a property now, uh, but it's not commercial. It's going to be owner-occupied. But I want to buy two um, commercial properties, and I would love for the third one potentially to be some sort of compound for Airbnb. Mm. Well, we have, like, you know, my partner Andrew and I have kind of this, like, concept for this, like, basically, like, built to suit, like, Airbnb, like, you know, property. Like, you know how these houses are, like, you know, you kind of turn it into an Airbnb, but this is a house built for Airbnb hosting. Hmm. And you would build multiple houses on this compound? So the compound idea is separate from, from oh, this okay. like a larger home. Um, compound is kind of like what you think it is. Like, yeah. you know, like, like a campground that you would yeah, convert. Yeah. Exactly. Like the, um, whatever that campsite is, that's like national KO or something like that. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, but yes, like small little cottages um, around a, a lake or something. Very I would love cute. that. That's cute. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we brand all of ours. So. Mm. Smart. With stay house. Halls. Halls. So it's like, it's always like X house. So we have yeah. like Holly house, which is in Holly mass. We have Haven house that's in Chester, but like we always kind of have like a cute name. And do you bring in designers to like judge them up? Like how do you make them rentable you, you online? spell that for me? Zhuzh? Yeah. Um, no, I couldn't actually. I think Leanne's her own designer. Uh, no, no, I... Like Andrew does a lot of the creative stuff. Like I like I basically just high level okay everything. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more operations. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So like once we get a property under contract, whether that means like we we get hired as the management team or like purchase the home, um. We then like we do a Matterport of the house. Yeah. And then we using that like we're able to tour it endlessly, right? And then so we will send it to a designer. You know, we'll give them the inspo. Hey, this is what it's gonna look like, and they pick everything out. They put it into a nice spreadsheet and we order it um, and we're able to kind of execute and uh, clean it up and, and get it on the market pretty quickly. In professional photography, the whole it's thing. You treat it like a absolutely. listing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. listing. It's yeah. absolutely. It's it's amazing how 
when you're going on VRBO or Airbnb and you see the pictures and you're like, it's just mind blowing that some people think that they're going to rent their houses. And they do. I'm sure they do. I know. I mean, I I used to be, I used to kind of be like that. I mean, the, the Naples one did have professional photography, but that house was shy. Like in, in, like in terms of like dishware, like in terms of towels, like, you know, I, I could have done much better. I mean, Bloomingdale's has a big sale like three times a year. You could have gotten some good towels. Well, I have um, professional pricing on all of that stuff. Oh, through your designer? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, like I'm a trade professional is oh, what they... Okay. I'm a professional. Mm-hmm. Just in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like yeah. I'm It's fucking, called the design discount. I feel like I'm fucking yeah. up my Airbnb right now. Why? Why? I don't know. Just taking it all in. Is it here. rented? Fully occupied. Then you're not fucking it up. Why? Uh, did you long term it? It's been rented straight since mid-December. Oh, to like one party that's just like snowboarding? Nope. Oh, okay. We had like a 42-day stay, two-week stay, two-week stay, one-month stay. Nice. It's in Florida. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think you're this, fucking it up. It's time of year booms. Yeah. No, I just think there's a lot of things that we could be doing better. I'm also very nervous about the Airbnb community as a whole mm-hmm. right now, personally. Like, So quite, I was telling you earlier... That I'm on the Government Affairs Committee for the North Shore Realtors Association. And there's, you know, a, a massive push there to track the individual communities cracking down on Airbnb. So, like, Nahant, where I live, today just lo- released a proposed Airbnb regulation that essentially shuts down non-owner-occupied, non-resident Airbnbs. Yeah, that's very common. Yeah. That's how winter is right Except now. in Berkshire East. Yeah, there's just not enough of the community there. Right. You well, know? nobody lives there. Yeah, there's like these like small communities. <laughs> I either like like you know kind of like that or like a community that already has those established rules. So, something that's mm-hmm. already very vacation transient, I think, is okay in a lot of communities. The ones that are primary residence communities is where you have a lot of the pushback. Right. Because quite frankly, those communities, like Winthrop, as an example, if Winthrop was allowing Airbnbs at an alarming rate. Right now, you have to be an owner-occupant. Mm-hmm. You have to give them uh, a separate... Uh, I don't think you have to give them a separate entry, but you have to give them a separate bathroom, a dedicated bedroom, and it has mm-hmm. to be your primary residence, right? right? So that pretty much gives you like this in-law capability. There's not a lot of stuff on the beach because if Airbnb was a thing there, you would see prices on condos probably go through I the mean, roof. Court Street would sell, like the entire building would sell. Court, Court Road, it's sold out. Sold the whole thing, okay. But like, you know what I'm saying? Have you not been on Facebook? I know two units sold, like closed. Third one closed today, man. Oh, sweet. Let's go. Sweet. I didn't change the MLS, that's why I didn't know. It's okay. I saw the pictures, it's on the social. I saw it on the socials. That's what's up. It is what's up. That is what's up. It's a come up. Yeah, it's a come up. Winthrop's on the come up, man. No, but I mean, like, you know, uh, underwriting that as an Airbnb, no brainer. I mean, that's a ridiculous Airbnb, like uh, a group of like. People would just rent that for like a little retreat, like yeah. a million one uses. And then and then it pushes out all the hypothetical real owner occupants. So mm-hmm. I get it in these transient communities, but Berkshire's it's all good. Everyone's Yeah, they're second homes typically. Yeah, right, right. So um no, I just feel like I'm nervous about the Airbnb community because like I, I don't know what your opinion of it is, truthfully. I, I honestly think it's very easy to do. So if you have the liquidity to purchase this home and you have any sense to set it up correctly mm-hmm. even directionally mm-hmm. and shoot it professionally and then i use, use uh price labs right to make sure that they check the pr- like right. and, and oh that the next most important thing you just respond to people yeah like this is not it's not hard man yeah and so if if i can do it very passively mm-hmm. from two thousand miles away right we self-manage it right like i mean how how hard can it be and so i feel like everyone has started to do it Right. And it makes me nervous for the amount of people that are going to fail, flood the market with inventory. Right. That is valid, like in terms of like the ease of management, as long as you obviously have your team in place, which like, you know, anybody who owns this, like, you know, so many thousand miles away, even hundreds um, should have that kind of team. Um, So I I do agree. Uh, I think that some people, a regular consumer loves the idea of an Airbnb because it's like I get to design a pretty home and I get to be a host like, you know. It's like investing without doing like the dirty work of landlording. Yeah, yeah. And you know? and you end up with this hypothetical pipe dream of you have a house somewhere that you can go use. 
Yeah, but you never use it. Like, never. I never use any of my Airbnbs because I, like, will just sit there and think about all the things I, I could have done differently to it. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, fuck, like that. Like, spider webs right there. I really got to vacuum that. Like, I just, I, I make a rule. So your Airbnbs are dirty? Um, <laughs> no, they're not. Um, no, we do actually even do it. We obviously have the regular cleaning, but we actually do a deep cleaning twice a year because nice. that's, like, very passionate uh, about sanitation. You're passionate about sanitation? About cleaning, cleanliness. Wow. Yeah. yeah are, no. are we scared of regulation? I'm, I'm not really scared of it. Like, I, you just have to understand, like, the landscape, you know. Um, and we're, I, we're acquiring more Airbnbs. I am, yeah. And are they part of your, your goal? Yeah. Honestly, however I get to my Th- two million. It doesn't matter. No. Yeah, it doesn't matter. When you say, are you scared about regulation? I yeah. mean, c- kind of transparently i am worried about regulation because what i mean tr- truthfully what is the legality of a municipality changing the regulation like would they have to grandfather existing use i don't think so so uh, that would that's be, part of the petition i'm sure yeah. for locals yeah. they, they would have From to locals, they would have yeah. to grandfather like so so for instance salem you can't get a new airbnb but if you're an airbnb you're good right. and 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 I guess you would have to, they're going to fall off through attrition mm-hmm. over the years, like maybe, right? Yeah. But like if they were to ever change a community, that would have some devastation on the real estate market locally. Oh, I think so. Hyper-local. Mm-hmm. And that worries me as a as an investor. Well, so the problem with regulation is that if it's not a use currently that exists and you create a new class and ban the class... I don't think you can grandfather in from a non-existing use. Can you say that again? Right. So if, if you're using something that doesn't exist in the zoning code, because mm-hmm. the zoning code is so old, mm-hmm. it didn't sure. exist when they created it. Now that there's a new class, I mean, maybe it could get grandfathered in because there was just no subject for it before. Yeah, there was would, no language. Would, right. Would you, would you risk a hypothetical like class action type lawsuit? Is that even a thing? There, the, the, the municipalities are immune from class action lawsuits. I mean, I guess you could say it was an illegal taking and, and go one one by one and almost treat it as like, I don't know. I don't do enough litigation to know that one. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if, if there's if there's limited control of the uh, of the unlimited power of uh, hypothetically that they could have, that worries me. You know what I mean? Of that wor- that worries me about libertarians a libertarians are equally. Yeah. Well, and I think you you point out another thing that you're worried about is like a whole bunch of people getting into this business and not doing it well. Yeah. And I think those are the biggest risk for regulation, right? You get a whole bunch of people that don't know how to manage it. They screw it up. The town gets pissed and they come in and over-regulate and then you're screwed. See, that worries me honestly less, I guess the genesis of it, you're probably right on, but like the, the regulating is what worries me, not the genesis of the regulation, so to speak. Because mm-hmm. when you regulate, if you don't grandfather, you you risk these microbursts of of local towns. Well, and you can remember markets. who the people are that are doing the regulations. They're like bozos that are on volunteer committees, right? So they're like, but something like this already like happened. Crazy in Boston. people, like Boston. I remember Boston when at least has professionals like doing but, the legislation. But like, so, you know, you used to be able to Airbnb in like Boston, Cambridge. And yeah. I remember around like three, four years ago, all those units went on the market because like the landlords couldn't like make it profitable anymore. Mm-hmm. So like that kind of burst of inventory actually already existed. Like, you know, it, it's all done now. Uh, but I remember that there was like for, for like, it was probably 18 months. Like you can, you saw so many units. But you can still Airbnb in the city. Owner occupied or with a lodging license. Yeah, so what Nahanted, which I think is interesting, is that they are putting it all through a special permit process through mm-hmm. the Zoning Board of Appeals. That's what Winthrop's doing. Yeah. It sounds like the an enactment, if that's a word, in, in Nahanted is exactly what is going yeah, on. Yeah, there here. must be some model code, mm-hmm. uh, model ordinance that the mass Cause, association... Cause have, they make you still go to, go get a special permit. You have to get you have to get heard. Yep. Neighbors have the opportunity to comment, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, and the hot one is like based on your experience with the town, whether you live in the town for non-owner occupied ones, it was, um, yeah, it's tight. Yeah. Yeah. seems scary. But in the resort communities, like those, that's where they make their money. And so they're never going to limit short-term rentals because they want all the tourists they can get. Yeah. Like, you know, talking about resort communities, like I'm really, um, I've spent 
a decent amount of time in like the Hudson Valley area. In New yeah, York. do you have any there? You know, I used to work in the Hudson Valley. Oh. No. Why do you say that with such? I want to go there. That's where I want to have my summer vacation. It's like it's it's. Can't swing a cat without amazing. hitting a gay, right? Well, I have no idea. <sighs> did you say to swing a cat? Yeah. You've no never idea. heard that term? No. I told uh, you I have gaydar. I am a bad hey, gaydar. Bad I don't gaydar. know. Hey, man, why would I pick up a cat? Like, just... I where, mean, people what, used to do that, I, I just, guess. I'm going to... This is one of those times I'm going to Google the origin Swing of this. a cat? I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> this is going to be rich. <laughs> um, but yeah, very passionate about Hudson Valley. Yeah. Um, where where do you like Springs. in the Hudson Valley? Um, Hudson, New York. Hudson? Hudson. Um, my... Uh, Good friends, friend um, has a place in, I think it's called Wyndham. Yeah. Um, you know, but basically that general yeah, area. Yeah. I just like find it so beautiful. I love the country. It's really just like very accessible like mm-hmm. for me. Like mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a place that I see myself spending a lot of time in. Yeah. Um, and I like that. And there's skiing out there, right? There's, there's Berkshire, real skiing. Berkshire East. There's real skiing. There's hiking. Uh, there's like some fancy stuff because it's like attracts New Yorkers. So yeah. You, you have Lots that. of great museums. Yep. Yeah. Um, antiquing. Antiquing. It's just like Do a you nice like antiques? long weekend. Yeah. What kind? What like? What's your vibe on an antique? Should I leave? No, stay. Yeah, you're Please, you're, you're looking up swinging the cat. I already, I already know okay. what the origin. Oh, what's the origin? Do you think it's a cat? I think you think. I think that I it's know. probably a. Is it a pun? Like a, a word on like a play on words with the cat skills? Is it racist? Um, Please tell me it's not. There's uh, the expression first recorded in 1771 is thought to allude to the cat of nine tails. If you know what that is, it is a water weed. Oh, uh, which is commonly referred to as a cat, a.k.a. a whip. Oh, with with uh, multiple lashes widely used to punish officers in the British military. So when when there's not enough, it's like a six and a half foot tall weed Mm. reed Mm. that's very thick. And you mm-hmm. could probably hit somebody with it and it would hurt. So it's meant to talk about a small room. Oh, so yeah. so you used it in the proper context, to be clear. Wow. But it wasn't Pops. a literal, like, canine. It was no, a cat I would O-9. never swing a cat. Well, th- well that's, if you recall, tail. if we go back literally 90 seconds, that <laughs> is what I was like, what, the, this? <laughs> what are you fucking talking about? Who would pick up a cat? Right. The reality is it's actually a much, it's a cat of nine tails. Of so, so remind me is. the actual phrase. Swing, you couldn't swing a cat in here without hitting yeah. a blank. Yeah. Oh, Because okay. there's not enough room to swing a cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AKA yeah. a small room. Correct. Okay. Okay. I'm yeah. going to, maybe I'll use it. Yeah. I, I, I learn, I try to learn English every day. So. Yeah. Please don't about yeah. use it. Like I couldn't swing a cat without hitting a gay in here. Mm. Mm, like in, in Club in, Cafe. In, in the HUD. In yeah. The or in Hudson. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. was it Trophy Room? Trophy Room, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. at the Trophy Room. Yeah. No more eagle bar. No, well now it's like a fancy cocktail. Cartel. Yeah. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. These are all gay bars. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Which there are very few left of in Boston. Um, that's a restaurant, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. that that bar. I've n- I haven't been to that bar. That's supposed to be a scene. Yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense now, actually. Yeah. Oh, are you just having a flashback? Someone invite you to Boston Chops? No, I've been to Boston Chops. And you're like, why are all these men looking with, at me with a few? Uh, friends of mine and it was kind of a weird experience in hindsight and hmm. you're like oh, oh i get it and now it's actually interesting to say that because several people who have commented about going there recently are gay yeah mm. of course they are leanne's connected into the i'm she, an ally oh she knows the gays wow. you can just tell anyone with a saddle bag should i name this episode uh saddle get gay, on the saddle gate gator saddle bags yeah. and uh something else prop Investing in Berkshire East, Gator, mm-hmm. something, and saddlebags. Yeah, we'll, cash we'll, we'll get there in cash, cash flow. Cash flow, swinging, ca- swinging cats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to. We'll think. keep workshopping. I'll have to put one. all this we'll into Chat GPT yeah, and see what that. it spits out. Oh, that's a good idea. Do you use Chat GPT? Uh, I do. Yeah, for like like description for like real estate. Yeah, um, I should actually have I it rewrite it? my Airbnb description. Now that Literally, yeah. that's like one of the things on my list because yeah. like you know you can always improve. You should invite her down to your Airbnb to give you some spruce it up. Yeah, some Not suggestions. Enough room to swing a cat in that place. <laughs> no, I, I've seen his listing. It yeah. looks good. Yeah. Would jog. you rent it? Um, no, pool. no, I don't. I don't go to Florida for oh. no. You don't like Florida? No, if I go, like I go to Miami or something. Yeah. Yeah, I like honestly, 
Um, this was actually one of the reasons why I started this like Airbnb business is like, I don't like other people's Airbnbs. Like you're always like mm. inside kind of like a gross house, but there's like no wow. housing around. So like you kind of are forced to. Do you prefer an Airbnb to a resort? Uh, it obviously depends on, on the audience, like in who I'm with. Yeah. But generally if it's a, if it's a house we're renting, like I want it to be like a, a really nice house. Yeah. yeah. Um, or I would rather resort. Because mm-hmm. I want concierge service. Like, yeah. I want, like, I think staff. I'm with you. Unless, unless you're doing, like, an extended stay and yeah. you want to feel more at home. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you have a family. So, like, you want, like, the kitchen yeah. and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, when I vacation, I want to have, like, a really good time. Mm-hmm. I love I loved some of the takes about uh, the cost seg. I've been talking yeah. about that a lot and haven't found a subject matter expert. So, you're going to hook me up with your With, with your Yana? Shaw. Yana? I don't think that was her name. Her Nancy Yona. Weiss. Yona. Yona Weiss. Mm-hmm. W-E-I-S-S. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. We'll do some cost segs and maybe save some cash. And we heard about the virtues of a really good property manager to yeah. run your life. What was his name again? Dan. Dan. Yeah, I listened. LaFontaine. Uh, Infante, Infante Property yeah. Management. This was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Thank you. I didn't know that there was such a place as Berkshire East, which mm-hmm. is Western Mass, so it must be the eastern part, which of oh, the Berkshires. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm glad. So, I'm glad you navigated that. Yeah, he has a lot of gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was that I was pu- that was probably a tough one to figure <laughs> out. You know, I'm glad you solved that. <laughs> well, I think uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go research. Maine Berkshire is East. also north, for the record. I mean. I'm just not even sure I care. I don't think you do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to do... Um, I'm going to have to go... I'm going to have to check out um, this situation at the largest recreation on Moose Lake. That's right. Moose Head Lake. Moose Head Lake. Okay. Yeah. And we yeah. call it Moose House. That that house is Moose Halls. H-A. That's creative. Yeah. Yeah. We have Why didn't you house. do a Z? Mm. Oh, because... It's offensive. It's house. Like H-A-U-S. House. Z. No, no, like no. the app. No, no. Um, I didn't want to do that. That kind of sucks. All right. Yeah. Because then like, I think there's some maybe interpretation that they t- it's who's. Okay. Mm. I got you. But house. Whose house is it? Yeah. Yeah. You Anchor know. house, Moose house, Haven house, Holly house. Ha- Haven house sounds Strawman like house. I should It sounds like a nonprofit. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're going to launch Cedar house. Oh, that's, the next right. that's good. House. Oh, I like that. And where is that located? That is in, I don't know what you pond forgot? it is. It's a small pond, but it's been in the lakes region. Oh, at Lake Winnipesaukee. Yeah. 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 It's one of the smaller ponds around. Will you make sure you drop us all the links so we can give you some cred on the gram? You know what I mean? No problem. Um, You want to, you want to take this thing home, pal? Oh yeah. So take me home. We like to ask all of our guests one question at the end. So as you know, the name of the podcast is the word. Mm -hmm. So if you were to look at your next 12 months Mm -hmm. and wrap it up into one word, Mm -hmm. what would that word be? Um, Balance. Ooh, wow. Ooh, what does I, that mean to you? I was going to guess it was cash flow. I was going to say goal. That's two words. What about goal? You can hyphenate it. Yeah. Um, what does that mean to me? Yeah. Um, I am forever looking for my uh, balance and like equilibrium in life. Um, and just right now, I'm like just like very intentional about it. Um, I spent the last probably three, four years like being super, super, super focused on work. Um, and like it was like probably 70, 30, you know, work personal and I'm like, I'm working on, on the 50-50. It's freaking hard, isn't it? It's so hard. hard. I mean, it's impossible to have it. Uh, like, you know, like a true 50-50. But whatever I can get that's the closest to that while still achieving $2 million of gross rental income would be my ideal situation. And then does that get you to your balance when you get the $2 million? So that's the whole thing is like, you know, um, sorry that this is such a long-winded answer. We love no, it. it gives us insight, right? Like, that's why we asked this question. Um, so, you know, there was like a quote that I read the other day, you know, summarizing it like, you know, yesterday you thought today you were going to be happy and today you, you think tomorrow you're going to be happy more or less. Right. That's my biggest fear in life. And so like I've, you know, my level of achievement today is something I could not even dream about yeah. yesterday. Like, mm-hmm. like where I sit today, you know, the, the people I know, the resources I have, et cetera, I, it wasn't even in my brain. Not even being able to dream it. So, like, how can I achieve, like, satisfaction sitting here knowing that, like, I've, I've done all these things, but still, like, yearning for more and tomorrow. So, just that's part of the, the balance is, like, being appreciative of everything today and acknowledging everything that's happened. 
That's awesome. That's some deep shit. Yeah. Thank you. I love it. Thank I love you. that as well. I've been accused of having the depth of a cookie sheet, so I like that. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. That's hard, man. I think the balance is really, really tough to figure out. I, I'm nowhere near it. I think a lot of it is driven by the gratification that comes transactionally from the work we do. Right. right? Yeah. Like quick hits it's all the time. Adrenaline junkies. Yeah, it's more units, another deal, another client helped, another deal saved. Right. You know, a win in negotiation and like that becomes so addictive. Right. Um, it's tough to shut off. Yeah, for sure. It is It is for me. All right. Well, thanks for fucking coming on and yeah. chatting chat with us. And, and thank you for telling me it was the L group and not the L team. Well, thank you for And I liked that. the genesis of the L. Ellie. Yeah. Thank you. Well, it was great to meet you. Thank you for coming. And maybe we'll have you back. Yeah. Thank you for having probably, me probably, on. Probably not. The best probably of. Probably not. Oh, you definitely. The best, the best of definitely. the word. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That Call actually it. is a good idea. Top 12. I'm should, top 12. We should have you. Well, you are. That's yeah. true. I'd even say you're top. You might be top six. Woo. Woo. Top 50%. You just doubled. You yeah, just that's doubled. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. It's tough uh, to get in the top six. I mean, we'll we see. have so many episodes. We'll see. We have so many listeners. <laughs> Do you think anyone's still listening? I don't know. If they are. I think we're cutting now. Yeah, right? Thank you for call. the luck. Thank you for listening to the Word Podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. If you could take a minute and leave us a quick review, not only do reviews give us valuable feedback, but every positive review tells the algorithm to push this episode out in front of more people. If you really want to help us out, send this podcast to someone who you think would benefit. Thank you so much, and we hope to see you next time when we talk about the word.